an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere to lead the pack. At Augusta, he's on his final hole. He's about 455 yards away. He's going to hit about two irons. In Fuego Cigars. Right there. We're still actively pursuing a cigar sponsor. <laughs> in Fuego, step up to the plate here. We're ready. I'm definitely supporting you. Oh my goodness. That is a that is a large piece of luggage you have there with cigar. Well, it's just it, I just don't like him to get all messed up when I'm traveling. You know. Did you already take your Nino? No. Look at that Nino. Just give a little whiff of that. Mm. Yeah, so good, solid. So good. Wait till I show you the Grande. It's not a euphemism. <laughs> Look at how big that thing is. Wow. <laughs> That'll bright-eyed a lot of people. <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of this just so that it, it's not awkward Ooh. when people look at, the, <laughs> look at Instagram later. Oh, my gosh. Okay, we are here. This is episode nine we are recording. <laughs> we right. are? Right. Oh, boy. <laughs> taking a picture of my cigar right now. Right. I don't is, want people to... is not taking a PG photo right now. It's a very PG. It's a cigar. <laughs> yeah, but you need to preface that. I know. It was. Uh, that was definitely... There we go. That's better. Okay, that that one's a smile. The background. Tease. There. It's just taking a picture of you. Nobody cares. Show me my cigar. Yes. <laughs> so how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I'm, doing, I'm, I'm you know, I'm super excited. Uh, one of the things that's interesting, I know this is actually not on our board, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Go right ahead. One of the things that's really interesting for me is the power of social media, right? We've talked about the power of golf, and then for us, that's a big thing. Right. But just the power of social media in general. And and I look at what I experienced before with the tournament a few weeks ago, what you experienced at Bandon. I didn't say it because I'm not drinking. (laughs) Um, It's it's not time for that. But even for my wife, who's been able to, you know, really uh, been on an interesting and fun journey over the last, you know, probably few years, but especially over the last seven, eight months. For her to get to go participate in the Rise Conference with Rachel Hollis, and which I won't go into, but it was really cool. And for her yeah, to go in to do that, oh, such a cool thing. And it was a big deal for her because it was the first time she'd really been away from both the kids. And I think there's a part of her that was just nervous about me keeping them both alive. You have a lot more gray in your beard right now. <laughs> well, I, I shouldn't. We had a blast. <laughs> yeah. had to, you came over with the girls. That was great. You know, we watched the Open together on Sunday. But I, I mean... I think it was really good for me. It was really good for her. Um, but it's fun to see the impact that that if you were if you if you do social media correctly, and you are still private and protective of yourself and your identity and your family, so you do it safely. But if you do it correctly, it can really create an interesting and fun tribe and community for you, which is what it's all about. It's unbelievable. I, and, I say it all the time that the amount of people that I've met through social media. I mean, I'm Andrew through social media, JT through social media, you through social media, Reed, Greg. I mean, so many people, Clayton, that we've made contacts with through social media. And it's, I, I, I obsess, (laughs) you know, like I obsess over it. I, I get way too involved in it, but it's, it's a challenge to learn. It's a challenge to grow. And, and I, every day I look forward to hopping on and see what's new, what's going on, what's out there. Yeah. It's our newsfeed. It's like the, it's the 20, 22nd century, whatever, whatever century we're in, 21st, I don't know. The one. The century that we're in's uh news feed because you just, you like, look, you go there first. Oh, like, remember when you were stuck on the track on the road the other yeah. day? Yeah. How did I find out what was going on? Twitter. Yeah. Instantly. It's, Went it's, to Twitter, traffic Vegas, boom. It's amazing. Car it, fire, road shut down. You know, I was, so I was talking with a guy about, um, he's a big collector and I was asking him, I said, you know, what is... What's your favorite part of collecting golf clubs? And he's he's a variety of golf clubs, right? I'm not going to reference him, just, but I just want to share what he said. It was really cool. And he said, for me, for me, the collecting is about the networking and meeting other avid golfers. I like making connections so that no matter where I go, I always have someone I can play with and someone I can call on to maybe go share around. Very few people understand this idea of spending lots of money on golf stuff. It really makes sense. It rarely makes sense to anyone other than collectors. But if you find a solid group and a solid brand, it makes everything better. Friendships are forged through shared experiences. So if you don't forge those, then collecting is just wasting money, right? True. And I, the reason I bring that up is I think it's 
the entire idea of what, what we're about, how we became friends, how I've become friends with a lot of other people and, and what we are about in, in our community. This is our tribe, right? The golf tribe is our, that's our community. Yeah. And I just think it's cool when we get to see and, and enjoy everyone in our life getting to participate in, and be active in whatever tribe is theirs, you know? So anyway, I think for the golf thing, for me, it's, it's a lot of fun to break bread together, to get to know each other. Um, both of us have done different events like that now multiple times this yeah. year. And I'll tell you, it's the future of the game for me. I mean, I, I shared this with you before and we talked about it, I think briefly last time we'll talk about it more at the end of our podcast today, because yeah. it's something that we're going to announce potentially, but it, it's the, there's something about getting together and sharing, you know, breaking some bread, sharing golf stories, sharing your passion, talking about a lot of nothing. Yeah. And it's that great. Is, it's, it's great when you meet somebody that shares the same opinion, but it's equally as great when you meet somebody that doesn't. Yeah. Cause you can, you can debate and you can talk yeah. and you can share and you, you even enlighten. You may find somebody that, is playing something that you're just not a fan of. And then you start hearing their stories. And you're like, Oh, well maybe there's something to it. And and it intrigues you. And so you learn, you reach out and, and try and find more out about, it. I, I love that aspect of it. Well, and you talked about this on the last podcast with Logan and Corey, right? The journalism piece of what you do with the breakfast ball blog and, and I participated, but you really, that's your, that's your baby. The journalism side of it is what gets, excites you. It's the storytelling. It's all the things that nobody ever gets to find out about. Nobody takes the time or, or has the time really to find out about them or the forum. And so I think that's that's something else that as we continue to go through the podcast and as we continue to go through, you know, the social media stuff and, uh, you know, we, 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 ju- we poke fun about Easter eggs and we poke fun about contests and giveaways. And I think that's what a lot of people think that maybe – anybody thinks it's about and it's so not no it's a hundred percent about engaging with one another getting to spend time with each other getting to participate in events to with each other and like he said you know when you go somewhere it's it'd be great if you can hit up on instagram the guy that lives in some random place in ohio or some random place in san diego and go hey i'm going to san diego for a golf trip you want to come play randall from golf is religion (laughs) lives on that it's great he's he has set the bar for, hey, I'm going here. Who wants to play with me? Who wants to come play? And that's so fun. Yeah. I, I just think that's a uh, an element that we don't talk enough about yeah. that is really cool. Well, I, so. I know but before I got heavily into the golf side of it, um, social media wasn't quite what it is now. But on the photography side, when I was involved in photography a lot, the community is is so different than golf the it's more of a competition and a more of hey don't tread on me and so many people it it's like if i'm having an issue with my golf swing or something i can post a video and i'll have 50 comments about people saying hey try this try this hey check out my videos hey check out this but <laughs> you post something on a photography forum about hey what do you think about this you're it ghost <laughs> you know right there, there's nothing nobody yeah. nobody wants to get connect and share and i tried different meetup groups and and there it just wasn't everything that's one of the reasons why i left because the community within golf is it's just thriving and it's so solid well and think about how you think about even how it in, how we engage on the golf course right i i was playing today with a, a good a good buddy of mine who you know he's a great player you know, I'm, I'm a good player. I think he's a great player. Uh, and there was another guy who's only been playing for a short amount of time, right? Kind of learning the game. And it's fun for the great player and myself to go both go get to go, you know, play with him. And even though we're nowhere near the same places, right? It doesn't matter. We have a great time, but also we can't help ourselves. You want to help them. <laughs> you know, and even for me, even, even me, I, I try to hold back now more because you don't know, like, uh, I, you never want to develop the rotation. The reputation is that guy, that right? Guy, but so, and I sometimes am that guy. So sorry. But I, I think it's cool because both Hunter and myself, you know, anybody who, anybody who enjoys the game wants to see everybody else enjoy the game. And it's hard to enjoy the game when you're not playing very well, yep. you know, and you don't have to be a, you know, a five to be able to enjoy golf. You can be a 20. Absolutely. But you have to know how to enjoy golf, you know? And so I think that's, that's another piece to it. So anyway, we, I took us down a rabbit hole. That, no, that's, that's quite right. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's, it's real golf talk and, and I enjoy every second, but let's dive into what took place yesterday. Uh, Shane Lowry. Is it technically two days ago now? Over no. there? Well, I don't, I don't know. 
<laughs> I, I have a hard time American. dealing with what's going on in our country, let alone what's going on, on the other side of the planet. Um, so Shane Lowry, the luck of the Irish, um, it wasn't it lucky. He just crushed him. And it was solid. Nothing lucky about it. I enjoyed watching it. I, I think Royal uh, Port Rush really put. Oh on my a gosh! Show. It was one of the most beautiful open championships I've seen, maybe in my lifetime. Yeah, and as far as visually, there was the wind got crazy a couple times here. There was wet weather a couple times here and there, but nothing that was so just. Oh, this is going to be a horrible golf tournament. I they, I don't know. There's a better venue outside of St Andrews. I mean, Golf Channel and NBC did a great job. Yeah, bringing it, and uh, I mean, it's definitely been added to my bucket list of places I want to go play when I go over there. Completely impressed. I mean, I know. So I watched, um, so Rick Shields and Eric Anders Lang did some, did a tour of like seven Irish, uh, Northern, Northern Ireland golf clubs about, this is like seven months ago. So if you go on his feed, it's a ways back, but they did this tour of like seven and it was phenomenal. Um, to get to see, I couldn't believe how many great golf courses were in such a small area. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, and when they pan out on the, for the open, you could see them and you were like, whoa, what, well, what about that one over there? What about that one over there? I mean, phenomenal. It, Visually, it was just great. The conditions were amazing. I think they did a great job. I talked with Joel from Atomic Golf a little bit earlier today because he, he was, was there. Right? He was over there. Yeah. And he told me he borrowed a, a friend's drone and has some footage. That he says is just oh, breathtaking. Would so love to see that. I can't, yeah, no, he said he goes. I got one especially for the chasing daylight guys. So I love it. Yeah, he said little aerial sunset <sighs> cliffs in the background, green so ocean. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. I mean, I just think so. Like I said, so I think the course. You know, we talked about it before. You know, I'm not playing you. I'm playing the course, right? And and I want the course to to be as much of the storyline as the players. And I think that was really telling. When you lost so many big names in the that didn't make the cut, and yet it was still it was still good, still good, yeah, you know, and it wasn't, you know, I, I was surprised because it wasn't just good to golfers; it was all over the news. I mean, it was a big deal, and I think it was a bigger deal because an Irishman won, oh, yeah, absolutely. in Ireland for the first time in what where, I don't know the but, number, but forever ago. I think that's cool, but it it felt different. I, I don't know how to say it another way. It felt like a different kind of experience the whole way. It did not feel, I'm trying to think, you know, I, I can think of three or four years back to back to back to back that felt the same. Yeah. Where it was close and it was coming down to somebody pushing five, five under, you know, the last and having to shoot a 66 or a 65 on the last day to win it. Right. Yeah. And I think of the last few opens and I feel like they've all been that way. This one just felt different from the beginning. It was I, really I weird. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed everything about it. It was yeah. a, it was a good show. My my sleeper pick didn't do too well. Yeah, <laughs> but I, you know what? I don't. My think, home run pick didn't do very well. I don't well think either. anybody did. <laughs> I don't think anybody. I, I, for the record, I picked Shane Lowry for the for Pebble Beach because I thought the weather was going to be like this, and this wasn't Pebble Beach. Wrong major. It was the wrong. I missed it by one. Um, yeah, Laura yeah. had Rory. I had Kurt Kitayama. We'll just skip right over that. Yeah. Uh, Greg did the best. He had Rom. Rom. Rombo. I just can't support that guy. And it's nothing personal. I just don't. I'm not a fan. Like, it's, I don't, I'm not wishing he him make, ill. He makes it hard to like well, him. Well, but see, I like his passion. So that part I actually like. There's just something about, I don't know. He's not captivating enough for me. I think if he was as. He'd almost be better off the way he used to be, where he was so polarizing because he was angry and he was fueled with this emotion and he could come out and blow the field away or he could completely blow up, right? Yeah. Like that to me was a better John Rom to experience as a fan. Yeah. I you can know? See, I can Although see for him, it probably wasn't very good for money. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> but anyway, so major season's over. Yeah. I want to bring up that I, I did a story last night because this was something that I was feeling. I'm like, oh man. The major season's over. Yeah. It's, it's Augusta is, you know, we're 262 days away. And uh, so I put a little story up asking people um, what was their thoughts uh, with the new PGA schedule? Are you happy that it's over or are you sad? And 90% of the people who voted now, you know, we didn't get 400,000 votes, but 90% of the people that voted said, yeah, they're, they're a little sad. And I am too, but I'm sad because I love the majors and I love the excitement. And I look back at, you know, we, we had 
March of the players, April the, with Augusta and May with Beth Page and uh, Pebble Beach in June. And now this Royal Poet Rush just killing it in July. And I think kind of I'm being I'm, I'm taking golf for granted a little bit because I want more. <laughs> well, but I think part of it this year was because it was it took so long for summer to start on the East Coast and in the and in the central U.S. I mean, they were getting snow. They got 10, 12 feet of snow at Steamboat Springs in, in Denver like a month ago. Yeah. You know, so I think that part of it was that people couldn't get out and golf early enough to enjoy it. And I think that whether people want to admit it or not, when Augusta happens, their golf season starts. There's a lot of golfers that just golf during the major season. Yeah. And so I think that now they're like, oh, crap. Now I, now I got to <laughs> golf not during the major season. And how do I shift? And, you know, what, what is it about now? You know? So I, I'm anxious to see what happens with the, the shortened playoffs and yeah. to see if the PGA can capitalize on this, this high that it's on right now and, and go into the tour championship the FedEx cup championship and leave all the golfers that enjoy watching it, not just playing it, but also enjoy watching it, leave them with a, wow, that was a great golf season. I can't mm-hmm. wait till next year. Cause did, I mean, next year, then we, we throw in Ryder cup. Yeah. It's going to be a blast next year. So uh, did anybody, did, did you, or did anybody else be interested? Um, I'd say comment below. There's nowhere to comment. Um, you know, message us or something. Um, did anybody else notice the humble brag from Tiger Woods? The humble brag. Yeah, you didn't notice the humble brag. So everybody highlighted his I want to go home and I you know, and they all wanted to talk about that, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like everybody missed the humble brag that he dropped on the world. <laughs> he didn't I may have as it related I, to FedEx. I, okay, I so I'm, I'm gonna enlighten you. Okay. And when he gets to the FedEx part, you know what he says? He says, Well, um, everybody said I was out of it when we started the FedEx playoffs. Cause I had to win, I had to be in the top ten for the next three or four weeks. And I was like, you can't do that. You, you know, he's like, and uh, if it isn't for an, a miraculous sand save from Justin Rose, I win the whole damn thing. <laughs> 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 so I think it's going to be a blast. You know, he, he, he was just talking about, he's like, they were like, what do you, do you like your chances? Yeah. I like my chances. Uh, I'll be I'm, fine. I'm Tiger Woods. <laughs> I'm Tiger Woods. Like what do you think? <laughs> just cause I'm tired. Doesn't mean I'm not, not, I'm not Tiger Woods. I do think that, um, it, I do think it hurt the game not having enough of the big players in it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Rory, just because, you know, with Rory not being there, what do, what do you think? Were you surprised he wasn't there when Lowry walked off? AG? Yes, I told you that yeah. when we were the, when you were at the house and when he was, I was surprised. I, 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 I mean, it, it, he may have been there. We just didn't see him, but yeah, I'm I, sure he was. I didn't see him. So it's not a knock yeah, on that side, no. but I, I was surprised he wasn't there waiting. You know, I mean, if, if Tiger wins, if Ricky wins, if Justin wins, if Jordan wins, if any of the American guys win, every guy is waiting for him. Even Kepka. Yeah. They're all wait- when Gary won, everybody was there. When DJ won, everybody was there. When Kepka won, everybody's there. You know, nobody can see everybody because Jenna's yeah. there. But uh Jenna Sims is there, so everybody's paying attention <laughs> to her. But um anyway, so it's it's I think that it's um, – I think they were hurt because they've missed some star power though. Yeah. Um, but the major season's over. This brings us to a conversation we were just having before we started this. And I was having via text with hashtag Clayton comments yesterday. And it was around the fact that Tiger, Rory, and a bunch of these other big-time players are playing the Skins event in, in Japan during the offseason. And I want to pause for a minute. We should be excited that there's an offseason. Okay. Yeah. Because we've never had an off season in golf. Like there's never been one because the tournaments just keep going. Yeah. There's just like now, a, players there's a take time off. Yeah. But the tournaments, are there, there isn't ever really that, um, well, the PGA tour tournaments are stopping, right? They just keep going. And then the best players don't play until January. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, they all take a break. I think it's amazing and, and really cool to see something that's a different format playing on especially especially playing in another country you know i'm all for it and absolutely and I, I think it's gonna be great now when i was talking with clayton about it his opinion was you know he doesn't think it's the same he, he's like you know it's not tourney golf and you know everybody thought that the match was a huge success debatable 
I, I mean, wasn't a huge success. I thought it was a failure. And, and I think there's an element of that that's debatable. Right. But as a whole, um, he's going, look, nobody wants to see this. They want to see tournament winning golf, you know, and this kind of gives the players, I think his, one of the concerns is that not his concern, but just in general, one of the concerns is that this, this is an easy way to make good money for players as opposed to being a really strong competitive environment for players. And I, I hear that. Yeah, and I can I, see that point of view. But I, I personally, I mean, you know me, I, I, I'll just dismiss it because I, I go, you know, I think back, I was saying this before, I think back to when I was beginning in watching golf. It was Nicholas Watson, Trevino, exhibition matches. The skins games. Skins games, skins which games. were awesome. I mean, I still watch those when they show up on golf. Absolutely, Channel. me too. I mean, it, and the interaction with the fans and all of the engagement made it so special. And I think that there's, I mean, I mean t- who, who are we kidding? You're going to tell me that you wouldn't want to see Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson in a head to head battle for 50 grand on a chip shot. I mean, who wouldn't want to see that? I would. They do that just for the record. So everybody knows they do that every time they play together. All these guys bet each other. It's a real thing. Yep. Just like you do with your buddies on the weekends. Okay. But instead of betting two bucks, for skins, they're, they're betting, betting twenty. <laughs> they're betting hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? <laughs> so there, there is that. But I think the other thing that's interesting about doing the div- diverse events, and this will kind of be where I shut up for a second. I think that if they do diverse events and they change up the formats, change up the audience, it gives, will it will make some, an off season real, and it will make the major season that much stronger. That much stronger. And give somebody you give know. give people a different perspective of the game. Yeah. Now that's we were talking earlier. I, I with tour championship, I would love to see it be 32 players. The first two days is stroke play, top 16 advance, and you play four four match play rounds, uh, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, and that's how you determine your champion. I think that would be amazing. Right. Because I mean, a lot of the when golf in its early days here in the States, a lot of the tournaments, they were match play events, right? The players championship or not the players. The uh, PGA championship was a match play event. And I, I like that aspect of the game. We, I don't think we see it enough. Um, and I think it would be, it'd be really great. Well, when we were talking, I was was talking with Todd. Um, we, we were talking on the phone right before we hopped on. I was consulting my style expert. Before I potentially made a purchase of shoes. Ugly shoes. But I opted not. He taught me off the ledge. So thanks, Todd. Um, but anyway, but we, Todd and I were talking it, it, with you as well. Like a four-man scramble. Can you imagine 10 teams? So 40 players, 10 teams, some of the best players in the world in a four-man scramble, just like we play. Yeah. How amazing would that be? And they could actually <sighs> turn in 52s and they'll be 52. <laughs> well, I mean, just how cool. It, like, or, or uh, you know, a shamble style format. But I mean, scramble even in and of itself, two-man teams, you know. And we kind of get that with the Zurich Classic now or whatever they call it now. Uh, Louisiana Open, I think is what I it's. Remember. I don't remember. But I think it's Louisiana Open now. But we kind of get it there. But it's not the same. Like I said, in the off season, when these guys have like, dude, just go hit shots that no one else can hit. Like, that's what I want to see. It would be fun to watch. You know, I want to see you guys, you know, holding out. Like, if you do that, you're not going to convince me that you're not going to get four or five whole outs from the fairway every single tournament, you know? I mean, it's just a, a really fun event. And they could play smaller courses if they do something like that. They wouldn't have to play these giant, long, huge courses. They could play smart tracks like Riviera, those kinds of tracks more often. You could play the Shadow Creeks. You, you could really you know, do some fun stuff. And I, I think that that's where the game's headed. Well, let's hope so. You know, I, I think that's, that would be but beneficial we'll for everybody. Yeah. Okay. So next up, we're going to um, dive in. We've been pushing the voicemail account. We and, is a strong word. Okay. Let me rephrase it. <laughs> I have been pushing the voicemail because I really want to get some interactions from you guys that are listening in. Yep. The feedback that we've been getting has been, has been good. We're, you know, we're actually pretty proud of what we've done so far. Uh, so we have some calls here. So let's, let's knock a couple of these out real quick. Hey boys, it's Joel from Atomic Golf. First off, just want to say thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, it was super fun. Uh, can't can't thank you enough for the interview, and uh, hopefully be on in the future. But I love what you guys are doing. Keep it up. So my question, I'm gonna give you guys a little softball here. Softball is. I'm not. Do you like putting with the flag in or out? I have quickly become a in guy. 
Um, I kind of like it. I think the stats are probably there that it's a little better, but I want your take on it. So, um, in or out, black. So now, so now that you're an in guy. Oh, thanks, Joel. <laughs> I love this guy. So, but I just want to point out. So now that you're an in guy, I just want to know how long until you start wearing skorts. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, hey, I know right now the guys from Leave the Pin In are, are pretty happy with Joel after that comment. Oh, gosh. I, I'm The flag in doesn't bother me because I've played, I play a lot before I met you mm-hmm. and we play quite frequently and before Reed and I started playing, I played a lot as a single and I go in the late afternoons when there's not a lot of people on the course. Right. And... You know, you got a 25 foot putt. I'm not pulling the pin. I'm sorry. I, I'm just going to hit it and, and go. And so I've played like that for a while. And so, I mean, just now that it's legal, it's, it's still the same game to me, but I, it doesn't bother me. I, I can putt with it in. I can putt with it out. I always, you know, people always ask and I'll say, Hey, I'm an in guy. Oh, I don't like it in. All right. No problem. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mess up a foursome because I'm the only one that likes to putt with the pin in. I, it doesn't bother so me. So here, here's what I want to do. I want to do an Instagram story with this and I want to say, Putting in a tournament, do you putt with the pin in or out? Because I hear what you're saying about putting by yourself, and that may be a lot of people's golf. I get that. Mm-hmm. There's, you'll never hear a debate from me that that's the right answer. The right answer is if you're golfing by yourself or you're golfing with somebody you don't know and you're just trying to get through a round and enjoy it but not be too serious, you're going to probably leave the pin in, right? I, I got no problem with that. But I'm going to tell you, tournament golf, that's not a thing. I mean, we watched... So I'm going to say it and I don't care if I have to drink. So at the stable, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to shout, shout, uh, BJ Lindenberger, you need to hop in. And if you can't, your, your dad, Bob, will. we played our first day at Copperhead. We saw between the four of us, we saw six times center cup, right pace, pin kept it out. Now, what we didn't realize until the sixth time was that the pin was one of the fattest pins I'd ever seen. There, there's no recoil on that. Right. Well, not only there's no recoil, I look at the, the ball could barely fit in the hole, like on the side of it. So you kind of had to have it out, yeah. you know, to even have a chance. It, it wasn't like there was a lot of room. Like it, there was just enough room for the ball to slide through, you know. And I would like to see, now that now that leaving the pin is in is legal, I would like to see a regulation on how wide they can make the pin. I think that has to Make be it done. Standardize across the- standardize the bottom part of the pin where the ball goes in across the board because otherwise it's going to be a debate constantly. But it happened six times in terms of play. We finally took it out. Everybody played better after that. I mean, it, it's it's demoralizing. First of all, oh, if it bounces off, absolutely. Guys are ready for lip outs, right? Like those are normal. When you when you hit a perfect shot. And it goes in the center of the cup and the stupid pin keeps it from going in. <laughs> you're ready to break that pin in half. You know, it's, it's happy Gilmore style. Well, that's after the, coming after the second time you should have, should have probably learned. Well, I learned um, from the beginning. I'm a pin out guy. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm all, I've yeah, all so Joel, I started pin. Ryan is definitely pin out. I started pin in. So when the, when Bryson DeChambeau and they first legalized it, I did pin in for two months. That's right. Yeah, you did. And I tested it and there was no question for me individually. It was I didn't gain anything. And in fact, it hurt me when I was trying to read my putts. Yeah, I I see one of the reasons why I it doesn't bother me and I kind of <laughs> like it is because the visual the visualization of the above the hole. That's that's something uh, one of the putting drills I learned a long time ago was uh, take a, a water bottle, just a, mm-hmm. you know, 7-Eleven clear water bottle and put it in the cup and put to that because it's above the hole. You're visually seeing something different. Yeah. And, and for me, it, it's an aim point for me. It's, it, it helps me see the line a little bit better. Um, I mean, and, and it, I think that's it, true for a lot of people, yeah. though. but, but I think it's also true. It's part of the reason I ended up pulling it out was not just the performance side of it, but trying to visualize my putts. Unlike a lot of guys, when I go to the practice screen and I putt, I've always pulled the pen out for forever. Like I just don't go to a practice screen and just putt to where the, and then pull the little short pins out. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. I pick a hole. I pull the pin out and I practice that hole if I'm going there to practice, yeah. right? I practice the way I play, you know? So for me, like trying, like I, I don't have the advantage of spending years at a practice screen putting into a short mini pin. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, I just, I'm not used to that. So visually, it was very, very difficult to see. I do it every day. So I know. Not all of us have backyard uh, putting greens there from Southwest Greens. So, <laughs> all right, here's another one. Okay. 
My name is Andrew, and I live in Virginia, and I just want to say, give me the golf balls. They're on the way. Also, I do have a question for the show. Um, I don't know what we've discussed recently. I'm just a new listener. But uh, what do you guys think about the tour going to a uniform golf ball at some point? Like, uh, you know, I don't want to say the Pro V1, but like everyone on tour playing the same golf ball. Um, Because like some of the distances can be a problem for some people. Like a 7,300-yard course isn't exactly something that – the average man would want to even attempt at. So just something to think about. And I love the show, you guys. Keep it going. Thank you. Love that question, actually. Great question, Andrew. And uh, I messaged you today. The balls got in the mail today, so you'll have this. It's a good thing Matt's around because otherwise everyone would wait forever for me. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm good at giving things away. I'm just not good at shipping them. The semantics. Uh, so, so what do you think? Uniform golf ball for the tour? Okay, so one of the things I liked about this question is it wasn't, hey, let's do a uniform golf ball to reduce distance. That I have a problem with. Okay, I don't like the idea that we're going to go to a ball to intentionally try and reduce how far guys can hit it. I don't like that. I don't like that either. I do actually like the idea after hearing it just now. So this is my first reaction. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. I actually like it. Look, you play basketball with the same ball. Yep. Everybody plays the same ball. You play football with the same ball. Baseball. It's all regulated. No, nah, not enough. It would kind of be cool to do that. Now, the only problem is I can't imagine how much money the tour would make from standardizing the golf ball from the vendors that would want to make that golf ball. <laughs> it would be. they if, like If they gave it, it's like a TV contract. If yeah. they gave a piece of that to everybody that participated in a tour event. All year. So all the guys that make money qualifiers. So it's not just going to the top 100. It's going to anybody who plays in a PGA Tour event. They automatically get a check for three grand mm-hmm. because they are they have a contract, right? I think that's cool. But if they just pocket all the money, not so cool with that. Because there's going to be, I mean, that would be a big contract. Yeah. Well, can you imagine like when. Uh, great question. Yeah. Great. The, um, the clothing supplier for the uh, Ryder Cup. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ralph Lauren does Ralph it. Lauren. You know, I remember when they came out the first time they got that contract, it was a big deal. You know, oh, what are the Nike players going to look like in this and blah, blah, blah. But could you imagine the the lead up to who gets that contract? I mean, I don't who's, even. Who's How long do you make the contract? How long do you, you make do the contract? Two years? What, what I, do you I, and, guys. And I, wonder, and I wonder if you even do. So if, if Titleist gets the deal. And the new golf ball to play in a PGA Tour event is going to be a Titleist golf ball. Do the Callaway guys? Well, I mean, so here's what I would say. Oh. I would say if that were to happen, you would see a new level of investor in these direct to market golf brands. Absolutely, like Steve Ballmer would be all over cut golf balls. He that would be like he would spend the money because that contract would be worth its weight in space. Oh, it would be so good. I mean, I, I think it's a fascinating question, I, but taking it out of the money side, just on the performance side, I would love to see everyone play the same ball. I would. On the tour. On the tour. I, I think on the tour, you, you, like I said, you regulate them in every other sport. If we're going to be that way, regulate the ball. We regulate, we already regulate how far, how far, you know, club heads can go. We won't get into the Xander Shoffley thing. And just for the record, I fully support him. The RNA is a bunch of jerks. And... Netflix their testing is two hot takes. Their testing is broken. Yeah. Okay. So just so everybody else out there that knows, um, that doesn't know, gets to know here. Um, working with a lot of tour players over the last, in my early part of my career. Um, the way that they do testing for core testing, they actually test the, the driver when it's first put into play at the event. Okay. They do random testing of 30 players out of 180 at almost every event. Right. Technically, they don't even regulate that. So to be fair, that's not a thing. Um, but what happens is a lot of these guys take their drivers, and, and I would do this too. They take the driver, they get it tested, right? Then they go hit it, put it in their backup bag, and they hit it at practice over and over and over. And you're not going to make enough of a difference to make it truly majorly measurable, right? But there's a, an allowance there in core in the the co coexist uh, uh, coefficient of restitution. restitution, so there is a an allowance there that's pretty substantial. 
So the way that it works, I, I have to look at the numbers off the top of my head, but I think it's two, I think it's 244 or 247 is the, is the CT testing it has to be under, right? But they allow a, a tolerance of up to 258 for that. So if I'm a player at, out there, I'm going to find the driver that goes 258 and then I'm going to hit the crud out of it so I can get that face even hotter. Yep. Okay. And if I test it when it's under, when it's under 258, right. And it's this coefficient restitution, but my test is done. I don't have to have it tested again unless it's randomly selected, which almost never happens. Right. So I'm going to put it back in play. When you're testing these guys as drivers, I bet 90% of the tour, I would bet 90% of the tour is over 258. Hot, hot, hot take. I'm just saying, like, so when you, when, I'd, I'd like, like that's hear, why he's so pissed off. Yeah. I'd like to hear Eric. Uh, he was a tour rep. I'd, I'd yeah. love to hear his take. So Eric, if, if you're listening, I know you are. Um, chime in. Let us know what your thoughts are on this. I'd love to hear. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's one of those things that people, I think people, you know, misunderstand, but I a hundred percent agree with his response to the players too. Like, look, are you going to joke with me? Do it in the locker room. Don't do it in front of a bunch of fans and are not going to call me a cheater the rest of the day. Yeah. Like that's BS, yeah. man. That's not a, that's not to me. That's, that's a poor excuse for sportsmanship. So yeah. see how much fun that is. You, you bag the voicemails and look, <laughs> this gets the blood boiling. Yeah, it does. All right. Here's another one. Okay. We have three. Hey guys, it's Steve from the golfing dads.com out of Orlando. <laughs> Steve. Hey, I wanted to give you a quick shout out. I was, uh, I listened to your, uh, rant. I'm going to call it a rant. I thought it was very well done on, uh, my golf by, um, Uh-oh. very well put together. And, um, you know, it puts, uh, Matt, I know you and I and Ryan, I know we do a lot of work testing equipment and, uh, giving our opinions of them as real people playing this game. And, uh, I think it gave us a lot more credit, um, for what we do compared to the numbers game that they play. So I uh, just want to give you guys a shout out. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, and enjoy listening to it. Thanks guys. Dude, Steve, love this guy. Also, I hope he played well at Innisburg. So he played uh, last week. He was like, hey, you know, any tips? I gave him like a book. <laughs> I was like, here's everything you need to know. Um, this is all the, these are all the wrong moves I made towards my 87 on the first day. And here's all the right moves I made towards my 80 with three doubles on the third day. Right. Like, um, but he, uh, I, I'm such a fan and he's, he's dead on. It's a numbers game. We didn't talk that much about it, but I think that's part of my struggle is you're going to put it in the hands of a bunch of people that you say the numbers have to be right. None of us get to see that. None of us know who's swinging them. You you can't develop any sense of rapport or, or level of expectancy from that because we don't know who those random testers are. Yeah. Right. And I think the one, one of the benefits, you know, Rick Shields, Mark Crossfield, they're so popular. Why are they so popular? Because we know exactly how they swing the club. We've watched Mark Crossfield swing a driver 262 <laughs> for his entire time on YouTube. Right. So when he goes to hit a driver, yes, it's a joke and we all laugh about it and it's hashtag 262 and it's funny. But more importantly, it allows me to understand based on my level of expectation from him, he's going to probably find zero on his on his plane every single time. He's going to probably put at least two or three swings that are the same as the other driver every single time. Mm-hmm. And if there's a noticeable difference then, then maybe we'll have a conversation. But if there's not, it's all going to be close. And it comes down to, as he always says, Get fit, try it, feels, it's how it sounds, it's how it feels, it's how it, it's how it looks that matters to you. And I think that what Steve said, our opinions, that's I think what people like to get out of the reviews, is they read reviews a lot of times to to gain, coming from a place of expectancy for you, what your game looks like, if they've ever read anything else before, this is what they can expect to, to see performance-wise. Yep. You know, I agree what with do you that. think? No, I, I, Steve, first off, thanks for calling in. Even Love though Ryan's smashing the voice melt, it's working. So thank you. <sighs> it actually is. This no, is totally awesome. I, 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 <laughs> I've said before, you know, I, I don't want to harp on the My Golf Spy thing too long. I, I love a lot what they do. I, I'm not a fan of some of the things they do. One thing I saw today um, that I thought was a little amusing, um, they love to tout their 800,000 readers a month. And they did a driver study where people filled out a survey and then they released the results today. Um, 6,000 people responded, which, hey, 6,000 people respond to something I do. I'm giddy. Uh, when you tout 800,000 uh, readers and you get 6,000, I'm a little little concerned about that. But the most concerning thing was they had, I think it was 1% female. 
Mm. That that's not golf. Yeah, golf's changing, guys. And I'm speaking specifically to the guys out there. Golf is changing. At the event we just did, um, I, I mean, there were, I think we had eight women there. And, you know, look, this is a co-ed sport. And especially the way that we play in the, in the you know, in the recreational side of golf, it should be. Like, if I think, I mean, I would love to have my wife come out and play. And she's starting to figure that out. And we're going to make time as the kids get older. But, I mean, she enjoys the game. She enjoys me enjoying the game as well. But this is a co-ed sport. And there's a lot of women that are active participants in, in the future of this game. And I, I think that when you are missing out on that, it, it's critical. And, you know, the other thing I would say, and I tell this to women all the time, you know, there's no women's clubs and men's clubs, by the way. <laughs> there's clubs that fit you based on profiles. And my wife, for example, her driver has an extra stiff shaft in it. And she rips that thing like 220. And she's like, you know, five foot one, five foot nothing, a hundred nothing. And she can rip a driver that's in an extra stiff. So I don't want to hear, you know, all the stuff about how it has to be this or that. It's look exciting. At, look at Alex. She crushes yeah, it. Yeah. Crushes the ball. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, Dana. When we play oh. with Dana, I couldn't believe it. I mean, that girl is playing with an LPGA player, you know, and playing with a PGA player, because I've done, I've not done, now done both. Okay. I played with, uh, what's his name? Uh, the European guy. I'll, I'll think of his name. The oh, I remember in Phoenix. It's like yeah. six, seven, huge dude. He's six, five, I think. Um, played with him and then played with Dana, right? Playing with both of them. I couldn't believe how, how incredibly consistent Dana, Dana is with her game. It, middle of the fairway, middle of the green, middle of the fairway. I mean, the it's green. like, middle but, fairway, but, it's, but the let me be clear. It's not middle of the fairway, 200 yards. It's middle of the fairway. She's hitting it almost as far as I am. Oh yeah. She's an athlete. Yeah. You know, like she works her tail off in the her, gym. Her first year, she led the tour on driving act. It's awesome. You know, but also they, the, the mental side of it is so critical. And so it's fun to see. I did see she got into the Evian. Yep. That's so cool. Um, hopefully she, hopefully some, she gets a caddy. Having some difficult time. Well, I told her, I said, you give me a little bit more notice. I'm on a plane. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because <laughs> it would be fun. Uh, we're going to get her on the show too. I know that she's, she's a great, great girl. And she's, uh, doing, she's having her best season on the LBGA. Okay. We got one more. Hey guys, it's Dan from leave the pin in here. Uh, listen, as I'm sitting here designing my tailor-made golf spider mini putter, got a question for you guys. How much CBD oil is still drinking per day? Uh, uh, clearly not enough because he doesn't make the cut. It's, <laughs> it's doing things for him, but I think it's not doing it in the ways he had intended it to happen. All I know is that his his future career in television is, is going to be gold. amazing. Oh. I mean, you get that guy behind a mic. You imagine him and Gary McCord and Faraday oh on the course at the same time. Oh. How about him and how about him and Jim Nance? Oh. You know, that's going to be, I mean, it would be gold. phenomenal, but I do want to talk, you know, we talk about, he, I know you brought up CBD, so I haven't tried it yet. I'm going to, um, I got a bad back. Well, did and, you see my story I posted uh, the other day? Uh. I, ever since I changed my grip back to interlock, mm -hmm. my left knuckle on my forefinger and middle finger, mm -hmm have flared up like crazy yeah and um, are you trying it well i i got some from friend and they gave it to me because of my ankle with post-surgery and they said it'll really work and and i tried it out and i never saw any effects of it i couldn't tell couldn't tell the difference at all and i don't know if it was mainly because it was you know just had surgery and the nerve endings are all jacked up but i i really didn't see anything with it. And so after a couple of days of this really bothering me, I'm like, Oh, you know what? I got that CBD. So let me go. And it's the full spectrum and shout out to Jeff Mayhill for, um, Mayhall for, you know, doing his part to educate people on the different types of CBDs. Um, so I, I put it on, rubbed it in literally 15, 20 seconds later, pain gone. Yeah. It's pain crazy. gone. And I went, Whoa. I said that, that was what I was looking for. I wanted that in pain, put it on, it works. You know, we're, we're not sponsored by any CBD companies or anything like that. So yeah. we're not trying to, although if you anything. want to, I could use some gummies. We I want to try them out. We are here. Um, um, but, but I do, th I agree. I think it's interesting. It worked. And I, I, it, it would, this was pure inflammation, just total inflammation in my hand. And it, it went away. I'm going to venture immediately. I'm going to venture to guess it doesn't smell as bad as biofreeze either. 
No. <laughs> well, they. my mom actually has been taking some for her knees because she's had two knee surgeries. Mm-hmm. And she has some with um, some mint in it, that mm-hmm. some real high-grade menthol. Menthol. And I tried that, and I put it on my end. Oh. It, it felt good, but again, I didn't know if it was the, the menthol I was taking or yeah. <laughs> menthol or, or what. So, so but, what you should take away from this voicemail is that Matt does drugs. I'm just saying. <laughs> here, here I've been trying to convince my wife that it is not drugs. And you make a comment She's like that. She's not listening to this uh, podcast anyway. Uh, no, she, she wants to. She goes, I think I'm going to start an Instagram account where I just, I'm like your stalker. <laughs> she should. Erica, if you're listening. Uh, too funny. Too funny. Okay, so thanks everybody. Um, that's kind of what we're hoping for. People chime in, chime in leave mm-hmm. us some comments, get some talk going. I love it. So are we going to talk about this other thing? So I, I don't know that we should talk about it, but let's talk about the idea of it. So okay. I'll let you, I'll let you navigate that. Navigate that. <laughs> <laughs> so well, let me check and see if I've got any messages. From yeah. TV see if you get a message in, yeah. in the last. And then we'll, I mean, this is literally happening live. So hopefully. Do, do, do. Um, you, you talk. I'm going to talk amongst yourselves. Yes. I do that a lot when I'm, uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, so we're working on something. Uh, you know, one of the things for us that's really important is expanding the community. Like we talked about in the very beginning of this and critical, um, absolutely critical for what we're about and what we think the future of the game's about. And so I, I know that we're working, we've mentioned it briefly, we're, we're working on a couple of different events with some uh, manufacturers and vendors. And we're also working on something potentially uh, to come, um, kind of in the form of an indie uh, indie golf invitational. That's going to happen. Um, and That's, that will happen. That is going to happen. Where, where we, you know, shout out to Corey Paul. We, we talked about this and, um, you know, I, I would love to take credit for the idea, but it was really his idea. But it's just this this opportunity. You know, the PGA show is important. We 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 support that, and we we participate in it uh, actively, both in Vegas and in Orlando. We're big fans and, and proponents of that, and we think that for the large manufacturers, that's a great option and a great opportunity. For small manufacturers, it's a little difficult, and uh-huh. primarily because it's cost prohibitive. And it's not just because. Look, I, I want to be clear: the cost isn't ridiculous to that the PGA is charging. The cost is relevant to what it costs to deliver an event of that size, yeah. right? But it's and it would, it's it, but it dollars. is cost prohibitive for a lot of the smaller guys. So what we're talking about doing, and please let us know if and give us feedback if you guys think this would be a good idea and if you'd be willing to participate. Um, we're thinking about putting together an invitational event, a um, couple of days here in Vegas, inviting quite a few of the um, of the folks in the you know kind of boutique. Markets both in putters, clubs, um, small business side. So putters clubs, style gear, um, ball markers, m- milling, um, you know, you name it, golf balls, uh, you know, all those folks together to enjoy kind of a, a festival type experience. Um, uh, the players that would get to participate in it, we'd have a set fee. Players that, we, that would get to participate in it wouldn't just get to go to like a show inside a room. It'd be out in the, you know, at a golf course in the open where you can experience it, driving range simulators, uh, potentially having a, you know, like a short game type contest where you get to use the products right there. King so you of the get Green to demo. Yeah. Kim, King of the Green will probably be involved uh, with Gary. Going to have it catered. Yeah. Cater kind of the whole, the Make whole, it a whole event. Yeah. And, and as opposed to it being like a show, it would be more of a golf tournament over a couple of days. And the first day we'll really focus on a lot about, a lot about the vendors and, and getting an opportunity to experience those. And then the second day will, will be an opportunity to play with those guys. You know, they're golfers too. They're not there to just make stuff. They are passionate golfers. And so an opportunity for them to just be, get to enjoy a nice be round a of golf, for a day, not talk a to their owner. customers, you know, not just be a business owner all the time and have a great time as well. We thought it would be a cool experience. So we're definitely putting that together. Um, we don't have all the details yet. We're working on it. I don't know timing wise. We were going to try to rush it and I, we've decided we're not going to try to rush it. Yeah, it was- um, but, you know, we've, we've definitely put that together or in the process of putting that together. It's going to be fun. I, I really, one of the hardest things for people with new products or new companies is trusting the perception that you're seeing based on a website or an Instagram account. Yeah. Just because it looks good there doesn't mean it looks good in your hands. On the other hand, like Joel with his Beth Page marker, that thing looked great on Instagram. 
blown away once I got it in my hand. Right. And so it's, it's a great opportunity for people to uh, come out and see some gear firsthand, try some gear some firsthand, meet the guys behind the product or gals behind the products and uh, experience it firsthand. Right. All while getting in some golf at a pretty awesome well, golf course. And, and I think about like Bradley Putters when Bradley first started, Brad first started trying to sell to the market. You know, he doesn't, he's not in stores, right? So you can't really, there's not really a place to go try his stuff. And, and candidly, there isn't ever going to probably be that because for a lot of these boutique guys, because they just, it doesn't make sense to do it that way. Mm-mm. But an opportunity like this where you get to come meet him, uh, you know, meet Logan Olson, meet Bradley Putters, meet, you know, Brad from Bradley Putters, meet Corey Paul, who's doing some amazing functional art stuff, as you guys heard about in the last episode, um, meet Joel from Atomic Golf, potentially meet Josh from Josh CNC, you know, some of the guys we'd like to invite and, and hope, hopefully participate. Some of the key players at PXG, you know, people hear PXG and they think this is this massive company. They're a small They're company. very small. Like just so everybody is, is under under the same guys as we are. Like, look, just because they do a lot of marketing and, and a lot of advertising and they, you know, have expensive equipment and all that stuff doesn't mean that they're, you know, Callaway. They're a small company. They operate like a startup, you know, and they're they're someone that wants to participate in something like this, you know. Um, so I think that there's definitely a niche for it and, a, and an opportunity in the marketplace for this. And, you know, our passion here, you know, we're not doing this to you know, for ourselves. We're doing this because it might be a cool opportunity to get a bunch of people together. We have the right connections in this city that we happen to live in that's easy to fly in and out of, that has great courses locally, and that can support something like this where we can hopefully be a conduit to all these incredible craftsmen and craftswomen. And one of the things you know, that, that we – it's difficult at the PGA show. It's when you're walking around the show floor and you see uh, a putter booth or some example like that um, – it's nice to see them on display, but you, you want to go putt it. And right. and right. they throw their little chotsy little fake putting greens up there. You got the, no, that's not their fault. No, no, not their fault. Not their fault at all. You know, like like the Betnardi booth last time. It, it was crowded. It was small. It was packed. They were selling putters like crazy. But there was no way you're gonna go get an opportunity to roll one of their putters because it just that's not what that event's about. And so we really like to bring the aspect of, of getting to interact with the owners on a little bit more of a personal level, not so much as a, Hey, we're trying to get sales that, I mean, the PGA show is, it's all about sales. It's, it's about getting your gear in the hands of pro shops and pros and, uh, uh, you know, well, it's, it's hashtag build your own empire. You know, that's what these people are doing. And, and a lot of the folks that are in the PGA show are either taking a risk, right? So they're either taking a risk, doing it for the first time, or they're expanding their, they're expanding their brand and trying to build their empire. You know, that's that's all they're trying to do. And and a lot of these guys, like I said, the the key difference is, you know, I'm not certain that Corey Paul ever wants to be any of these other guys. I'm not certain. I don't think he does. You know, you know I'll, I'll reference Tyson, uh, Tyson Lamb. I don't think Tyson Lamb ever wants to be Scotty Cameron. He doesn't ever want to be. And he wants to be Tyson Lamb. Doesn't, doesn't need Logan. Logan wants to be Logan Olson. You know, Corey wants to be Corey Paul. I think that the the industry shift is happening where we're seeing more of these guys, you know, come to market, but they're not looking to go get back in the day. It was like, how do I get on? How do I get how do I become the new yeah. TaylorMade putter Kiyama? How do I become the new Scotty Cameron for Titleist? The what's new the Sean quickest, Toulon? What's the quickest way, I can what's get the my quickest way to get my putter on tour? Like, and I, I think that as we look at it now, it's just not the same market space anymore. Totally different era. And, and I it's think it's, to it's going to be cool. So hopefully we can pull this together. We're working on something else um, that's not just a local event, but, you know, we have a huge overseed season here in Vegas. Uh, it's really deserty and dry. And so we're working on something that might be in Tahoe. There's a chance that it could be in Tahoe. And it could be at a place that they host a really cool tournament that Steph Curry and Tony Romo go to. And if it was, and if it was at a place like that, it'd be really cool because you'd probably get to stay at, at a casino or a hotel near there, which would be for, a lot of fun. For a couple of nights. It, I think it'd be a lot of fun. And, and, there, and you might actually get a couple rounds of golf. I mean, it could be a lot of fun. That's all I'm saying. So we don't have all the details set, but we what we can say is that if if we could pull something like that together in, in collaboration with another, another partner, it would be a lot of fun. If you noticed on my Instagram account the other day, I posted the a new logo that I just came up with the breakfast ball event series. This is going to be event number one. Yeah. And 
I'm just waiting on the thumbs up from the text message and you're going to start seeing it a lot because it's going to be an amazing event that you, if you do not go, you will be kicking yourself. Well, and, I, and like I said, we, we talked about this before, but I want to be clear, you know, because I'm a huge supporter of what Brian LaRoche and, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and Mel are in, doing. In no way are we doing anything like, to hinder what they're doing. This is like it's, and, and for the record, we, we're playing in their stuff. We support. It's totally different. I go to participate in what they're about to compete. What was the last one called that you went to? Uh, I'm not going to say it because you're going to make me drink. Um, but I go there to compete. And I go there to make new friends and to build my community and have a great time and enjoy myself. Yes. When we're talking about these breakfast ball events, these are about opportunities to engage and educate folks into what we're passionate about as gearheads, which is either some some semblance of the gear, right? And we're looking at ways to try and make it engaging and fun and enjoyable and still an event that you want to come participate in and not just a, a show in a you know random warehouse somewhere. You know, and and also we want to do the same kind of thing, create a community, invite people into the tribe, you know, find opportunities to golf together, have an excuse to enjoy the game we love together. That's what it's all about. So, you know, I think that for me personally, after participating in those events with those guys, that is the future of 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 golf, of the game of golf for me. You know, I think that more and more people are going to look to to participate in events like that. And, and I think it's going to, it's going to really explode. And this is something Ryan and I have been talking about for about six months and we've been brainstorming different ideas and how to go about it. And almost ironically, this, this kind of happened upon it us. just fell in our lap. And, and, it, and it was exactly what we wanted. Like I said, it was about education and it was oh, about experience. I and, got three dots um, and all that kind of stuff. Right. So I think that that's really important. The other thing that I wanted to say is when we talk about like, you know, specifically growing the game and how it's shifting and, and, and all those kinds of things. I mean, it's very much, um, our game is, is very much a community sport. And, and like we talked about in the very beginning, you know, we're going to try to find ways to build that community with each other, um, to experience it differently, you know, but also, um, you know, really try to find ways to, in our side, educate and, and engage consumers. So, yeah, so uh, and our peers. Our keep friends. keep the third week in September, third weekend in September, free on your calendar. Hopefully, very soon, we'll have something that we can yeah. announce. So pay attention to social media. We'll <laughs> pay throw attention it out to there. social media. I'm going to throw it up there first, and, and uh, it's going to be fun. Yep. So, yeah, we'll hold off all that stuff for right now. Peter said then, go for it. I know, but let's just wait. You want to wait? Okay. Let's wait. We'll wait. It'll um, be more, more intense, the, the cool. drama. The drama of it all. Uh, but we will give everybody enough time. We're going to hopefully have it here in the next, in the next uh, 48 to 72 hours. It'll be announced. So everyone will have enough time to figure out their travel plans. It's not a hard place to get to. It's not Vegas, but it's not a hard place to get to. It's going to be a nice place. It's going to be waves. really enjoyable. So, you know, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. That's it for this episode. I want to thank everybody for listening. If you have yeah. not yet, please go subscribe. We have uh, to do an Easter egg. Oh, why? Well, why? Because it's Ryan's Easter eggs. Okay, Ryan's it's Easter It's like egg. Ryan's toy reviews. If any of you have children, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so what are we going to give away this time? We should give something cool away. What should we, what should we give away? You know what? I, uh, you want to do something like a uh, Garcin grip? Ooh, that'd be cool. Okay. I got to, so let's do a Garson quad tour grip. All right. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do a Garson quad tour grip. We keep doing it um, with DMs. Let's do it a little differently. Okay. So you're going to post this episode on the Chasing Daylight podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're going to say that you need to comment on the Chasing Daylight podcast um, post that Matt delivers. The episode post. The episode post, which what is this episode nine? Episode okay, nine. So when this goes live on and you post it on the uh, social media, it'll go up tomorrow. You well. need to you need to post um, uh, hashtag leave the pin in. <laughs> They'll get a kick out of that. Okay, Damn, that's for you. So hashtag leave the pin in on the episode nine post on Chasing Daylight Podcast on leave, Instagram. Leave a comment. On leave the, a comment. The first person to comment it, uh, to comment hashtag leave the pin in, will get a Garson Quad Tour grip. Awesome. Sound good? Sounds good to me. Cool. Ryan's Easter eggs. Ryan's Easter eggs. Hashtag. Hashtag. Ryan's Easter eggs. You know what? Hold on a second. You know what I'm thinking? What? 
do you know what you have not done this episode that you've done in almost every episode? I did. Hash- I did hashtag Clayton comments. <gasps> I didn't do it. You have. I feel like it has to happen. I it's it was a thing. You said the other day it's a thing now. It has. It kind of is a thing. So, but I usually I usually give them that 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 sandwich. You know where I harass. There just, there just wasn't where one. I harass his golf game because it's moderately okay. And kind of give him like that little, you know, the little buildup because he he's he's a good he's a good player. The good news weekend. is he cut. I think he went from like eleven to ten point one. So I mean that's awesome. I'm excited to see wow, his game even, evolving. Didn't even talk about my seventy. I know we didn't talk about your seventy five, but but oh. his games his game's evolving, and I'm excited about that. I'm really excited because we're going to go on a little trip here, and going to have plenty. Of we're going to have content. plenty of Greg content <laughs> after uh, uh, seventy two holes over two days. Greg, I'm sorry, you almost got away clear. Yeah, I was ready you know, to hit the stop recording button, but it but just, popped, it just, in it just popped in your head. <laughs> you know, so I, I think the one thing that I will say, um, you know, we talk about community and how awesome it is. I love my friends and I'm just so grateful to have all y'all. I mean, I could go on a huge list. All of you guys know who you are. And Greg, most of all, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be the competitive champion golfer that I am oh, if I didn't have you. <laughs> To play against in every skins oh match. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Oh, Schwartz. Schwartz. Hashtag Schwartz. Oh, that's a new one. There we go. All right, everybody. Thank man. you so much for tuning in. Right, we'll Make sure you, you check out the website. Make sure you check out our Instagram accounts and all that stuff. Tune in. Balls are headed to you, Doc. Yep, they're on the way. Joel, balls are on the way. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned for the next episode and uh, make sure you're out there chasing the daylight. Bye.